baseball, basketball, wiener dog, short shorts, cigarette. Keeper League Pod. It's episode eight, week nine of the National Football League. As always, I'm your host, Khan Khatri. To my right, I have my co-host, my partner in crime, Mikael Hip Hop and Hop Bees Kibben. Hello. And to the left, we have our guest of the week, uh, John Edelman. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to having me on the podcast. Congratulations on being the first Fantasy Keeper League pod to be a recurring guest. How do you feel about that? I feel great about it, um, especially at this point in the season. Yeah, sorry we don't have any prizes or anything, but I guess we're the I gave him a prize. I gave him a Trader Joe's uh, mini personal pizza. Yeah, and that is enough, as well as the winnings from this league. Hmm. And I will say... You being a recurring guest really exemplifies your personality and your character because you came with your lunch pail, with your two hard-boiled eggs, and, <laughs> a, and a protein bar, and you just crushed that shit after a workout. Oh, I'm in this for the long haul. And that's the kind of zeal and tenacity we ask for um, from our guests, so we appreciate yeah, thank that. Thank you. All right, so we're going to keep this moving and turn it over to Hove to talk about this ridiculous, but not really week eight we just had. Yeah, it was ridiculous in the sense that it was a week of blowouts, and the closest game had a 45-point differential, <laughs> which is to say that there were no close games whatsoever. Uh, all the games were essentially decided before Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, I think four of the six were decided um, before the late games even started, more or less. So um, I guess it's, it's interesting because the top six scoring teams all won. And the bottom six scoring teams all lost, so there was no chance for someone getting lucky or unlucky. Um, basically, you got what was coming to you. It's what we call regression to the mean. Is that yeah? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm awarding the game of the week this week to Jimmy versus Mishi. Uh, even though there was a bunch of blowouts, this was technically the technically the closest game of the week, um, and it was a game that featured a five and two going up against a six and one. So Jimmy beat Mishi, um, like I said, by a good score. Um, he had great games from his receivers and his backs. And most interestingly, Gardner Minshew almost matched Deshaun Watson, which is something that we did not predict going in. How about Deshaun playing with like one eye and throwing that touchdown pass? Yo, I've never seen anyone get kicked in the face <laughs> with a frozen touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was pretty good, although that might be like the uh, – Patrick Mahomes level of him looking back at the ref kind of overrated play because I don't think it was that good. Oh, you think? It, well, my kind of I, like, no. I guess he, him like being injured enough to not do the World Series thing he was supposed to do today kind of makes it more impressive. But just like in oh, just the moment, they don't look that impressive. Well, it's just it's just funny because like Mahomes like shit with Andy Reid is like he does like these crazy no look passes. And everyone's like ooh and ah. 
Yeah. Deshaun Watson with Bill O'Brien is like, I will get you so fucked up by your offensive line. It'll be a feat of amazement <laughs> if you like in- injure yourself and do something amazing. Yeah. Honestly, this is like a sideshow <laughs> act from like 150 years ago. They're trying to be like, yeah. how injured can you get and be an amazing They're going to like, all right, we're going to we're gonna have this man travel by 100 elephants and that was going to lift this car. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So, so good job for Jimmy. I mean, good performances all around. Except for Mishi. That was a bad performance. Well, yeah. I mean, for Mishi, uh, sorry, just not enough from Terry McLaurin, uh, Sonny Michelle, Greg Olson, a bunch of disappointing performances to go around. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey, as good as they are, they can't carry your team every week. Um, also unfortunate that D.D. Westbrook got injured pretty early on and couldn't produce much. So, But hey, other than that, um, happy belated birthday, Mishi. You're still 6-2. and two. Happy birthday, Mishmeister. I just want to add, fuck you, Jimmy, for picking up Latavius Murray yet again. I feel like every single year when there's Alvin Kamara, he always ends up picking up their backup, either by drafting, obviously, oh, or yeah. by Lee. That's a scumbag and, gym move. Yep. I mean, so he was, I just want to mention that. He was dangling on the free agency wire for a while. There. <laughs> just no dangling. Yeah. They're like gravitationally, right the they're gravitationally attracted to each other, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara's backup. All right. Uh, moving on. We're going to talk about John Edelman versus Steve Foltz, namely because it was another 200-point game for John, the Ooh. second one this year. Uh, before you ask, I don't know if that's a record or how many times it's no, happened before. I have I've made up a record in my head. Uh-huh. Uh, the year Ilya set the champion or set the record for most points in the season, I think he had three. You think? Yeah, Did but you I, go I, back and check? No, I didn't. I decided. Well, then I was just going to make that up. You arbitrarily made it. that number. That's okay. the new record. Yeah, three. That sounds okay. You're so you're aiming for three. I'm aiming for four. That's the goal. Sounds fair. Five weeks. Fair. I need two more. Uh, so in a week of blowouts, this was the biggest margin of victory at 95. So how no. much? I didn't. You beat him 95. by more points than Ilya scored. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that perspective on yeah. it. God damn. Um, yeah, everyone did well. Congrats. Aaron Jones, Mike Evans went off, blah, blah, blah. No weak spots, as we all know. For Seafolds, the only good game came from Darren Hills. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, hey, Joe Mixon went over his projection, so that's something you could build upon. Congrats. Yeah. John, maybe, what did you think about, what did you think about Fultz's appearance on the pod last week? Oh, I love Fultz's appearance on the pod. Um, <laughs> I've also been in uh, talks with him about having him DJ my wedding. So, uh, oh, wow. him him giving a shout out to everyone and telling me to go fuck myself. I I was at Can the we, I was that clip at your wedding. Please do. I was at the, I was at the gym on the bike and I started laughing <laughs> out loud. Um. All right. Next up, we got John Paulino versus Ant, and these are really hard to talk about because like the average margin of victory was like seventy points this week. Yeah. Um. Basically, if I say your name first. Everyone, your team did well. If I say your name, if I say your name second, your team sucked, and I don't really want to talk about it. But um, just to recap, I guess uh, John R. held steady to Drew Brees, who got him 35 points, which we did not expect when we were doing the forecast last week. Remember? No, even so when he had some like insider knowledge on that. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Well, no, I like wasn't I saying that he was gonna start? Or yeah. did I say that? Yeah. We were saying that Drew Brees was going to rest until the bye and come back after the bye. Oh, no. I was like, no. Drew Brees is like fucking... I need to 
make every advertisement possible for the Hyundai dealership yes. down the street, and I got to play in every NFL game possible to break every record. That is true. He's like a very he's like a completionist in like the purest form. It's really I, weird. I also think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He's like, I'm going. I'm 40. I'm going to die soon. Mm-hmm. I need to get as many games in as possible. This might nah, grow. man. He's going to run for like uh, Louisiana State like House right as soon as he was like. Uh, retires and like move his way up to be like an Enron executive. Just maybe maybe introduce his, austerity measures. To maybe his removed birthmark will run for uh, for mayor of New Orleans. Maybe. Just watch out for him on the evangelical scene in the future. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Gerald Everett did not ask for George Kittle, like Tom predicted. <laughs> <laughs> the running back not edge at did all. not go there, like Tom predicted. <laughs> and the wide receiver edge was not a toss up like I predicted. How could you say that's a toss up? I don't know. There's two top six yeah, wide yeah, receivers against two top uh, like fifteen well, or sixteen wide well, receivers. Well, I thought like you know uh, Patrick Peterson would show up and um, and stop Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael I, I Michael know. Thomas has like double digit catches in every game, or like at least nine, I think. Right. He is a freak, unstoppable. Right, right. right. With or without Breeze. Yeah, it was a dumb projection. I'll give you that. All um, right, there's been eight games, so he's had four double digit in four of them, but nine is fine. Yeah. Has he had nine every game? Well, he's had four games of more than ten catches. Okay. Yeah, if there was a disappointing, disappointing part to John's week, it was his running backs. But uh, overall, 172 points is nothing to sneeze at, so congrats, John. Yeah, congrats to Cooper Cup for getting like the entrail, being the entrail recipient of like a shitty Rams offense. Because I think if they were actually clicking, it would be more spread out, and he wouldn't be accruing like Jared Goff. I disagree. I think he's the only reason that offense is doing anything. He's not only catching underneath passes. I think he, uh, you know, the average depth is like. He's definitely the only reason that offense is doing anything. Well, that big touchdown, he just fucking, like, knocked that guy down. Well, that guy was, like, breakdancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, on the ground yeah. in the B-boy stands by the time. No, that's what I'm saying. Kyle like, got, if, got if they had their way, though, they wouldn't rely on him as much. Like, he can still do that. That's fine. But yeah. it just would be, like, a more even split. It's just really weird. I honestly think it's Jared Goff loves Cooper Cup because they both have the same amount of syllables in both their first and last names. The same amount of melanin. Yeah. I think they're the same person, but they're that's the hot take super white. for another day, another pod. Um, damn, do we talk about this matchup to completion? No, I don't think we need to set ourselves to any <laughs> to standards completion. or any any sort of like moral characteristical ideals. Okay. I think we just. I mean, everybody lost by like eighty, so yeah, not, yeah, not a ton of covered. All right, we're gonna go to Ilya versus Kant, and I guess uh, we're gonna talk about how the new acquisition Julian Edelman, a new off the bench starter, um, was his face Montgomery. With nice 25-point games for Kant. Mm, big, oh. nice, juicy games. And, uh, of course, the Pats defense <laughs> chipped in with a solid 25 of their own. Uh, permanent starter Matt Stafford with 30 points. Hey, Jameis got 24 on the bench. <laughs> He's nipping at his heels. Mm, might there be a quarterback controversy? On my team? Yeah. Tune in to the Week 9 pod. Mm, can't wait. And um, Week 10 pod. Week 10 pod, yeah. So... Ilya's team really had no juice, um, except for Saquon Barkley. Chris Godwin had a mortal 10.3 points. Uh, Brandon Cooks left the game for what is seemingly his 100th concussion since he entered the league. Um, I am gleeful that Chris Godwin is coming down to earth at least for one game, because I missed out on him in all the leagues that I targeted him in, and it's really great to see that happen to someone else and not me. What, Brandon Cooks? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know how much you can expect that, but I just I don't trust the Bucks at all. Well, I mean, it's a Mike Evans game or it's a Chris Godwin game. Yeah, I think there's a both. it's rarely both. I mean, he's, is he still like wide receiver? Like, like he's still wide receiver three. two. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a thing that was like. If it's zone defense, it's Chris Godwin. If it's man defense, then it's Mike Evans. Like, yeah. oh. that's who they go against. Well, like, yeah. And it might just be terrible. as easy as that. Yeah. For fantasy, that's like the worst fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, just like staring Yo, at the Yo, drafting the motherfuckers based off of that projection. Yo, I have yes. both of them in my dynasty like, league. And hmm, what defense are the Dolphins in 2020 going to draw? With new defensive players? Yeah. <laughs> just go down the schedule. I feel like both of their floors are still pretty high, though. Yeah. Um... Because they're um, amazing quarterback, but continue. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Tyler Boyd is trying his best on a sinking ship. I will say one thing. Um, I said this immediately at the draft. Yeah. Ilya squandered the most assets of anyone in this league this year. He had he was set up at the beginning of the year, and his team is absolute garbage right now. Well, squandered how? Because he didn't he didn't draft well. He literally only hit on Chris Godwin. Yeah. Even like Barkley was a bad pick in hindsight. And these uh, Williams and Gordon keepers, zero points this week for both. Nine, sorry, nine for Williams, zero for Gordon, obviously. Well, Zach Ertz, like drafting him in the out. second round. He drafted him like in the, as a, like a top yeah. fifteen pick. Yeah, Zach Ertz. Well, this is our league where there's thirty two keepers, <coughs> but yeah, I mean there was valid cause for concern about Zach Ertz. Uh, that's a heavy accusation though about Saquon Barkley saying that picking him second overall was a bad choice. If if you take a guy in the first round, he needs to hit. And I'm talking that well, means that, that I think that means playing 14 to 16 games in the season. Okay, so he needs to make sure that who he drafts stays, stays healthy. I mean that's 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 well, a, like a hindsight thing. Yeah, yeah. You you don't like, know until it's done. You can, you can, right. So how is that a bad pick? No, I'm I'm saying in hindsight, Ilya's team only had one valuable pick, and that was Chris Godwin. Right, but that's less to say about Ilya than it is about how the year ended up happening. Like right. Damian, uh, Damian Williams on the Chiefs, right? I yeah. wouldn't fault Ilya for keeping him because everyone was projecting him to have a good season, myself included. Any you know, expert who looks at a Chiefs running back in that dynamic offense and sees the starter, they're going to say he's going to go No, with I see what you're saying. going to say he's going to average two yards a carry. You know? I, I, what I'm saying is I think Ilya drafted poorly. I'm not knocking his keepers. I think... Uh, I'm knocking his keepers. Yeah. I, well, in hindsight, his keepers were better. Also, I'm wrong. Lamar Jackson was a great pick also. Well, what I was going to say about Ilya, and kind of what you're going, what your thing was, I think it's more like the metaphysical concept of it. It's like, are you ta- uh-huh. are you saying something the is... What? Okay. Or, no, maybe that's not the right... But are you saying is no, it right or wrong going. based on hindsight, or are you saying based on like the projection method? Because no, you it, can definitely get two There is a real world answer where you can say his team is good or bad. But I'm saying you can't blame Ilya for things that happen because... I'm, I'm not blaming Ilya. I'm saying his roster construction and where he put emphasis in the draft and who he passed on for other... Like taking Zach so Ertz... Yeah, I am blaming Ilya. That's exactly what I'm doing. Taking Zach Ertz <laughs> yeah. it, with Jeff's second round pick when he could have taken Amari Cooper, any other of like the wide receivers in that uh, yeah. area. Leonard Fournette was there. He like Leonard Fournette on this team instead of Royce Freeman, he would, Ilya would have two more wins. Okay, so like, that's... But he's not me though. Wait, that's, no one... I feel like no one's picking Royce Freeman before. Like- All right, y'all. It's your host, Khan, again. We fucked up. I fucked up. There you go. We, it's more like it. Something happened to my recording device. No one's going to talk what it specifically is. It's a very new Panasonic mic, the latest. It just stopped recording, and we unfortunately lost quite a bit of, not really, we lost a one and a half matchup, so Ilya, I know we broke off at 
John just ripping your drafting strategy. Everyone say one sentence about Ilya's team and then we'll move on. All right, cool. Um, and his drafting strategy. Should I start? You guys want to start? Yeah, you start. All right. Um, Ilya is bad this season. Okay. Ilya's draft was a wash at the end of the day. I agree with bad picks um, like Zach Ertz, but I think he... Even to that, and he bad drops. himself with yeah, yeah. Bad, bad drops like Sammy Watkins and bad decisions that I don't know what the other bad Christian was. Kirk Christian Kirk yeah dropping Sammy Watkins. But I don't think saying Saquon Barkley is a bad pick because he got injured is fair to Ilya, and I think he's a two-time champ, so he gets some leeway in bad. Let's start this argument all that's over more, again. No, 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 that's no, no, more than his hands. No, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the last time our mic cut, guess who who was our special guest? Ilya. Was it me? Wasn't it you? I was in the first one. Oh, I don't remember. Forget. Or I was yeah. in the right. first <laughs> We're going to talk about my team versus Jeff. Um, and we're going to talk about how Tevin Coleman, noted fourth round pick, had a four touchdown game. You're obsessed with saying that. Love Tevin yeah. Coleman. Yep, yep, yep. There's value in the fourth round. I said it when I got cut off. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Um, no one else did anything too crazy on my team, but there are some solid contributions from pretty much everyone up and down. Um, for Jeff, it's gonna. It's kind of really the story of uh, Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley both having another disappointing week each, and um, it's kind of crazy how big of a change that is from two years ago. And uh, last time we got into a bit of a debate about Le'Veon Bell, or sorry, Todd Gurley. Matisse fucking Thibault still good at defense. Sorry, go ahead. He is, and I guess I was basically defending Jess' pick at the eleventh overall, Todd Gurley, and saying how I guess I would be more or less comfortable with him as my running back too. Uh, but these guys disagreed. Um, He's a flex play, yeah, let's be I, real. Like, if I was to say one sentence about Todd Gurley, it would be that he does enough in the red zone, um, like goal line usage, uh, catching out the backfield, and like between the 20s to be valuable. He hasn't done a combination of like two of those three or like all three in a single game this year. But like you could see that the he's, talent is still there. He's done a combination of all three because in the last game he had – Zero catches, the lowest snap count of the entire week, and he hasn't broken 70 yards all season. Hope, I just want to point out, since we've been re-recording, twice you've said, I'm going to say one sentence on this, and then said like eight sentences. Well, it's, everything is one sentence if you just keep talking. There's period. There's period. Run on sentence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Todd Gurley, it's a shame that his entire body is gradually turning to dust. Like, he was so talented, and his, his decline has been so precipitous when – you look back a year and a half ago, and he is like yeah. the consensus next insert great running back. He's the next AP. He's like the next Emmett Smith. Dickerson. Yeah. Yo, would you rather have to say period every time you say a period like in a sentence, or every like apostrophe in a word? I thought I thought this part was so, saved till the end. If you just say like don't, you have to be like don't. Yeah, apostrophe. is that not a jigsaw? <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, all right yeah. keep it moving, keep it moving. Okay, sorry, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to say what we said last time, which is Kirk Cousins didn't do well against Washington in fantasy, even though he had a good real-life game. And I was saying that kind of personifies how big of a cheat code running quarterbacks are in fantasy football because on the other end you had oh, 100%. Um, you had Josh Allen throwing less than 50% completion percentage, um, getting like twice as many points as uh, Kirk Cousins. So... Oh, also, Jeff also started, or he benched Odell Beckham, and it was surprisingly the right choice. So, not off to a great start with his new acquisition. And uh, to Jeff, on all those acquisitions, I have 
Just one word. And it's a question word. Why? <laughs> Period. <laughs> Apostrophe. All right. Uh, last but not least, or I guess last and least, we have Shane versus Brian, which was the lowest scoring winner versus the lowest scoring loser. Uh, John, as you pointed out so eloquently, the highest scoring player for Brian was his kicker and the only player that won over 10 points. Um, Brian! What is going oh, on? This is our league champion from last year. There's no way Brian has heard the podcast since he's moved, right? I oh, know. Brian exclusively listens to the podcast. He is too you busy. think he's just pumping weights on Santa Monica Beach, like shirtless, listening <laughs> to the pot? Dude, Brian yeah, is sure. more golden brown than he was before. He's he like takes his, he takes his beat the headphones off and like drinks like a Sprite Zero. By the way, Venice Beach is like so much scarier than I thought it would be. Like it was like really sketchy. Like real Venice. Oh, it's yeah. super sketchy. Yeah. But um, um, I'm just saying, Tariq Cohen was his number one running back this week. Yeah. Not like good. not great. Sixty three points is the worst output so far this season. And that includes when Shane left two slots. Aaron Rodgers almost scored more than that, Brian. I'm pretty sure. Get your shit together. I'm pretty sure, but don't quote me on this, that this is the lowest regular season score I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. In a PPR league. This is it's hard to hard to do. Yeah, you would you would have PPR. to try. Put a full roster, like and no one gets hurt in the middle of the game. And like playing people who are theoretically going to touch the ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Yep. Um, for Shane, um, Juju's fantasy relevant again, just in time. Um, and remember how we were saying Zach Erickson last week? Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually Alex Erickson. And he is apparently also fantasy relevant now. So Alex uh, Erickson is like a folk band, uh, but continue. He's a lead singer for yeah, Foster the People. Mm-hmm. Um, Mumford and Sons. That's more what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 131 points. Uh, solid, solid output from Shane. Um, and this is, uh, Melvin Gordon got 11.4 points, which I guess is trending up. Yo, I love these, like, half trying to t- tank, half trying to compete teams. Like, Shane and Jeff are, like, two of them. Yeah. Where they keep trading, you have no idea if they're getting assets for this year or the future. Yeah, I think we said Shane was pretty definitely, uh, building towards the future. But there's, I said there was enough this year to win a game here and there and kind of make a run, but... Kant and Ant dis- disagree with me. Oh, actually, I do disagree. I forgot he traded his entire team. Go Shane 2020. <laughs> Shane 2020. Uh, and that's our recap, everyone. Hopefully it recorded. It did. What a oh. wonderful and pleasant surprise. Hell yeah. There is nothing like a ray of good news on a bleak and stormy day. We're going to move on uh, to the next segment. And welcome back. It's time for my favorite segment, personally. Notes and news from around the league. So what happened in the NFL this week, guys? Not that much, because the trade deadline was a big stinker. Ooh, ooh, stink. Eagles did jack shit, Stinky. except sign one edge rusher. Jamal Adams didn't get traded. We didn't get a wide receiver. Not even Robbie Anderson. Just one little Robbie Anderson. Quarterbacks weren't traded. You'd think that a couple teams that were not sure exactly with their identity... Could have done something. Le'Veon Bell was on the block, but no. Interesting. Terrible. What thoughts do you have about that, John? It's honestly like, the reason I'm silent is because none of it's worth discussing. Like, barely anything happened. You saying Robbie Anderson going to the Eagles, though, put me down like, 
<laughs> like, pretty shitty. It was like a dream. No, I love Robbie Anderson, him coming back to Philly. I think he's amazing. He would he would have like 40 catches for 1,500 yards if he were with Carson Wentz. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> almost every NFL team is boring as shit. What they did at the deadline was boring as shit. Um, and I think all the major trades happened a lot earlier. Yep. Yeah, teams are just scared, I feel like. I love how the NFL, um, like, writer people are always like, anytime an NFL Thursday night game has, like, low ratings, they're like, oh, this was higher than the most watched NBA Finals game. <coughs> and they'll be like, NBA will never be what I was like. Yeah, but around these, like, inflection points, like, your league does not capitalize on what is, I think, a valuable, like, fan entertainment product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we'll move on from that. Um, next, we'll go to some of the random scores from the NFL last week. So these are some of the guys that weren't necessarily on a lot of people's teams, but they had pretty decent games. And I just want to kind of like rifle off some of them and like get your thoughts as to like why, I don't know, like it obviously can happen like any week, it can happen any season, but it's very interesting that it had to happen this past week. So here are some of the high scorers of um, this past week. Ryan Griffin, 24 points. Matt Schaub, 22 well, Matt Schaub is... Hunter Renfro, 19. Josh Reynolds of the Rams at 16. Alex Harris at 16. Are these really high scores at this point? I feel like that's a solid contribution at 16. Yeah, I think <clears throat> the original list, and I don't actually know how to do this on here, would be to look at um, people who are below a certain threshold of owned. You can't um, set that on there. But yeah. it doesn't necessarily make sense for um, our league because... We're really good at this shit and make sure all these motherfuckers are um, drafted. At least, at least me. Yeah. But yeah, I think on like the general like Yahoo and all those leagues, they kind of listed a lot of these guys that were like, I don't know, below 40%. Yeah, well, last week yeah, was but insane, right? This like, week was pretty... The waiver wire is a mess, yeah. right? Like there haven't been any like huge guys blowing up out of nowhere in like five weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's really gone down, and, and somebody stepped up in a major way. Maybe, like, Chase Edmonds, but he's immediately down. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, this is kind of upsetting. This goes back to your point. Like, you, whatever you said, the information is out there, so people just draft really well. Yeah. There's not a single motherfucker. Like, all the dudes they just listed, like Debo Samuel, like, all these guys that were, like, I think Debo Samuel was rostered or started in, like, 1% of leagues. Those guys just don't stand a chance in our league of being um, available players. Jared Goff is a, on waivers in our league? Yeah, I guess Ant literally just dropped him. Yeah. What? Interesting. I should talk to him. I have two tradable quarterbacks. What? Top three. That's Hmm. an interesting... I mean, he obviously Hmm. needed to take someone for a buy. Whatever Ant valued over Jared Goff, we're going to find out later. I guess we can... During the forecast. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. uh, Kind of what we were talking about earlier. Why do you think that is that in the NFL, you kind of have the situation where these random dudes like kind of pop off. I know it necessarily wasn't this week, but this year is definitely been a pair. Because any 5'11 white guy can grab an 80-yard catch for a touchdown. Hunter Renfro. Like a lot of these things, like I feel like this, this is truly the randomness of fans football and the randomness of football generally. I feel like a lot of people in the league think that football is a lot more random than I believe it is. But like when you look at fringe players and popping off in one week out no, of No, it their, definitely is. Some, some of these guys like will never pop off this much in the rest of their career. Yeah. Hunter Renfro. Um, oh, no. He has a Hall of Fame future for sure. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He's playing 12 years. But I mean like – Six like, concussions in 12 He's going to be like Brandon Stokely 2.0. Yeah, Brandon Stokely had one good year. Brandon Stokely was the greatest – He scored – he caught the 49 touchdown pass of Peyton Manning. Yeah. 
when he broke the record. All right, well, I see I have two Brandon Stokely boosters next to me, Hell so yeah. I parked <laughs> up the wrong tree. Big surprise Anyways, for you on this podcast. <laughs> all of these guys who are on the waiver wire, aside from Daniel Jones, are all scrubs. Yeah, Daniel Jones true. is the fucking truth. But no, I was going to say, like, um, in basketball, like, I think what's become more of a, I guess you can call it a trend or strategy, is, like, in the playoffs, um, teams, instead of being, like, we're going to just force our offense, like, you know, square peg, round hole type thing, they kind of, like, execute mismatches. So they target, like, the Sixers, like, J.J. Reddick, like, Stephen Curry gets targeted. And I think I've heard this in a similar sense in the NFL, where a lot of the writers are talking about, like, NFL offenses are more about, like, okay... I'm just going to take this matchup and try to exploit it with my offense versus being like Julio Jones is Julio Jones. He has to get as many catches as possible. Yeah. Well, you also get, you also, unless you're the Cardinals, I think I said this before, you you only get like 50, 55 plays. Yeah. So some of them you're going to have to uh, have an element of surprise. And part of that means like going to your third string tight end who's wide open on this particular play. Mm -hmm. And like that ends up with um, the guy who backs up Darren Fells on the Texans end up with two touchdowns one week. Oh, and then just Yeah, and then just like not being fancy relevant afterwards. But is that a function of game planning or is that a function of checking down to these guys and that just being the situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm not smart enough to know if that's like... Yeah, I don't know why thing. it's happened, but what's happened, I feel like, and once again, I'm just going off of like recent history, like when the Damian Thompson, Tomlinson like era was active or like Priest Holmes... Or like on the wide receiver like Calvin Johnson, you could take one of those guys and be like, yo, I'm good for like two to three years of like top like five performances at the respective positions. Yeah. I feel like those guys, like there's no Adrian Peterson of today. Like people are just kind of bouncing around. And so it's very interesting. I don't think that's net I think there's like Mike Evans I, having these like zeros. I think there's perception of that. No, and I don't true. I don't think it's a reality. I think mm-hmm. everyone is assuming this. I would the new, look back at the it. new NFL, uh, the biggest change is in running backs. Yeah. I think we're just seeing a lull for tight ends. Like, this season's a lot better than last season if we're looking at tight end production. Right. Like, wide receiver, like, success has not changed. Like, it's not like – it's not like number three wide receivers are putting up almost as good numbers as number twos and almost as good numbers as number no, one. No, I'm saying, like, if it was a plot of, like, left to right shitty to good players and the good players on the right side and, like, dots were, like, what their actual performance was – I think this year that cluster got more to the shitty players than prior years. I don't think I don't think the bell curve has changed yeah, that much. Right. Yeah, if at all. Yeah. I'm so what's the with John. what's the question? It would be something like the top like twelve ADP pick players for like a certain year, and you have to track like their point per game production for like three to four years. You right? need to track every player, right? No, I would just try to look at, like, the high-drafted people, but we can... Um, but yeah, but, like, I mean, that's why, like, the 1,000-yard mark is, like, the mark for, like, receivers and rushers. Like, mm-hmm. realistically, I'm assuming there's, like, 6 to 12. Like, rushing, that's going to change, obviously, because they're going. there's more running back by committee. Uh, the concussion protocol changes so many fucking things, especially yeah. if the guys are, like, But it's so, pretty, it's so pretty easy to look up. You would just take, like, players... And they're like respected games for like four year chunks and just count how many times they cross like a threshold. And it could be like 20, 25, 30 and just see what the, like the difference is. If it's the same, then like you're right. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm saying for running backs, I don't think that would apply for wide receivers. I a hundred percent think it's the plot. Oh yeah. Like, Especially because offenses are airing it out. More. Yeah. I would like to see on the running backs. You're right. Um, all right. So we'll move on from that to talk about um, a couple of injuries that happened this past week or are uh, ongoing. So the first is about Brandon Cooks, who um, has two concussions in the past month and four since Super Bowl Fifty Three. He Which died. Which he can't in remember. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So he's gonna have to go through concussion protocol, and I mean, we're all concussion in both Super Bowls, right? Or, no, was he? Oh, because the Patriots, right? Oh, two concussions, zero rings. Oh, he did get hurt on the Rams, right? Or was that a playoff game? I don't know. You can move on. I'm not really sure. And then the next one, Sterling Shepard. He suffered the second concussion of this season. He's also in league protocol. So that's two guys we're waiting for an injury update on. It might be two guys who don't play um, NFL football like that much longer for the rest of their careers. Um, or do you think they'll just be sticking to it? Cooks has a lot. I'm more like concerned about him than it's like Shepard. hard to say because those are only the concussions that are reported. That's why like like Gronk will talk about. It. He's like, dude, I had like four like reported concussions when I was in the NFL that took me out. Yeah, but he's, he's like, I probably had he's like, I probably had like twenty realistically in my career. Right. Yeah. Like these guys are like fucked up, and as until I think there's something catastrophic where a dude's getting like knocked the fuck out or paralyzed, like is happening mm-hmm. seemingly every week. If Devontae uh, Adams can come back, anyone can come back. If Mason Rudolph can go limp and then fucking put on the performance he did last night, yeah. three weeks later, like, yeah, I think both of them will be back to ball. Well, we live in a free country. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. If after your fifth concussion, you still want to make the cognitive choice of putting the helmet back on and going out on the field again, um, I don't think there should be a mechanism to stop you, I guess. Do you think at any point the league will step in? I guess they wouldn't pass a physical at that point, right? If they, oh. if they change like the threshold of we like... Can, we can talk about physicals because our yeah. next person who didn't pass for physical was Trent Williams, who <laughs> for the season on the Redskins tried to hold out and not play, but then when he was finally not traded at the deadline, said he would report to camp active, mm-hmm. went for the physical and... I don't understand how a physical has a helmet mishap. I didn't know you took the physical with the helmet on, but I guess it makes sense because you want to yeah. do football so is he, things. Is he trying to fail it? or? I don't think he wants to play for the Rams, uh, the, the Washington football team. So he's he's trying to tank his physical on purpose. Yes. So then why why show up anyway? Because just uh, it counts towards his year of free agency. They would like cut uh, his salary immediately. Well, that's not even it. Like he, he will if he held out the entire year, just like with the Bell, yeah. Le'Veon Bell thing. Like if he didn't come back uh, before, was it week nine or ten? Right. Like this doesn't count towards your year of eligibility towards free agency. You have to play this year out again. Like it's fucking Groundhog Day. Well, straight up. Like you guys were doing in the group chat defending Antonio Brown, <laughs> I'm gonna do the same with Trent Williams. He needs to take every cent that Dan Snyder owes to him. Oh yeah, I 100% agree. I'm on Trent Williams' side on this. Definitely not on the Washington oh, football team side of this. If you're ever on Dan Snyder's side, you're on the wrong side. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I agree. Okay, we'll uh, move on to the next topic, which is the Cardinals running back situation, which started off very rosy in the year <coughs> with like David Johnson being really good, and then like Chase, Chase Edmonds like popping off. David but Johnson then, was never good this season. Well, in the sense that like what you saw happening with the Cardinals offense, oh, gotcha. like receiving routes and stuff like that. And then what's happened in, like, actuality is, like, the Cardinals have shown their flashes, but John's, um, he's hurt, um, fucking Edmonds is hurt, and now they have some random-ass guy who's uh, going to come in and be... Kenyon Drake. Did you just call Kenyon Drake a random-ass guy? That Kenyon? is not the random-ass guy. That is Kenyon Drake. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think Kenyon Drake gets one mulligan to be called a random-ass guy. No, that's true, because if you're the, uh, like, a casual... Football fan. How many Cardinals fans knew what Kenyon Drake was? Yeah, exactly. That well, was if like, you play fantasy football. You would that know. was like me when I heard about this. What was the defensive end from the um, Browns coming to the Eagles? Yeah. I'd never heard of his name. Yo, Kenyon Drake is like a Harry Potter inspired cocktail. Good pickup, Elliot. Good pickup. 
There should be Drakes from like every country. Yeah. It should be like uh, Eurovision, but every country sends their own version of Drake right. to it. I have an either either or. Um, Kenyan Drake or Josh and Drake. <laughs> 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 We're going to move on to talk about another dysfunctional relationship. The New York Jets and their fans, they went through trade deadline as chaotically as possible by <laughs> shopping all their star players and then <laughs> telling all their star players they were not shopping them, <laughs> which led their Jamal Adams to go on ESPN and, <laughs> and say, I hold myself in the same standards as Tom Brady yeah. and some other guy. Yeah, The was... Patriots would never... T- the, the, the second guy wasn't like Tom Brady. It was someone like more reasonable. He's like, these teams would not take a call about either of these guys. And I don't think the, the Jets should about me. And you know the situation was bad because ESPN, like, on the ticker was like, well, no, on Twitter I saw that Adam Gase and Douglas, the GM, were not able to get in contact with him. And I'm like, all right, rookie, shit's going on. Um, he's got other things to do than, like, NFL, like, GM stuff. He's, like, upset. I turned ES- ESPN on. He's literally on the phone with ESPN just <laughs> complaining. I'm like, that is not good. <laughs> Talking to Will Kane before your GM is never a good sign. <laughs> did, did you? There was like a quote from uh, an assistant GM, like anonymously. They were like, yeah, we talked to the Jets and they said everyone on their roster except for two players is up for grabs. <laughs> it's always great when a player and the management and coach are at odds about whether they were made available. No, but this is... This is the quote. The Rams don't take calls on Aaron Donald. The Patriots don't take calls on Tom Brady. Yeah, right? never mind. That was not a reasonable other player. So, yeah, A, Aaron Donald is not Jamal Adams. Like, you have to... I, yeah. Yeah, there's like five more years until you begin to compare yourself to him. B, I'm pretty sure that the Rams do take calls on Aaron Donald. They just hang up immediately afterwards. And laugh. The Patriots do take calls from about Tom Brady. Hang up and laugh afterwards. Maybe, I mean... For all I know, the Jets, they just said, like, okay, this one player is up for grabs, and everyone just assumed that the rest of the team was, so they uh, were just getting no, calls he said, no matter what. He said he heard from, like, I mean, the guys that aside, I don't know how much, well, you trust however much you trust Jamal Adams, but he said, like, you heard from, like, his own, like, sources that teams were told he was available. Jamal Adams is a very close friend of mine. I think I if, trust him completely. If you're the Jets... But... A trustworthy guy. If you're the Jets, and you see that Jalen Ramsey trade... What the? F- of course you're going to be like I'm trading every cornerback I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're du- you're dumb if you're not doing it. I'm saying teams like Miami and I don't know why I'm using the Jaguars as a good example here because they're technically not, but relative to the Jets, they are. They pulled it off smoother than what the Jets did because the Jaguars are turmoil, but they yeah. they did not get the compensation. Well, they turmoil with one specific player. Right? right, but they traded him for two first round picks. Yeah. The yeah, Jets have right a disgruntled player that, yeah. and don't have any first-round pick while yeah. like coming in. I feel like the Jets. So the bungling of that it makes it like doubly worse. The right. Jets' entire environment for their uh, organization is like it takes place in a jet hangar. You cannot possibly commute or communicate with anybody else in the organization properly. Like there's constant miscommunication. Yeah, they fucking suck. Um, all right, so we'll move on from the Jets uh, from one dumpster fire to a ginger fire Andy Dalton on his fucking birthday getting benched do you guys have any reaction to that um he deserved it he should have got benched two birthdays ago no no no. I think he is <laughs> the least of like Andy Dalton is not the answer but he's not the problem either really you should look yeah. at his stats this year and his yeah. accuracy stats okay so they're gonna have this fourth round pick 
Ryan Finley or whatever his name is. I'm probably saying the wrong name. No, he's white. You, you I'm, I'm not good with white players and their correct names, apparently. But, um, like, there's no way that he performs better than Andy Dalton, even with A.J. Green back. That's all I'm going to say. Um, A.J. Green is not going to make any difference. They're 0-8, right? If you say so. Um, I do have a, a question, though, for uh, Khan Khatri. Yes, John. Um, I hate to pivot because I don't run this podcast, <laughs> but I will. Uh, what's your hot take of the week? Me podcast, we podcast, first and foremost. That's not my hot take. That's just my olive branch. Um, my hot take of the week is I think the Miami Dolphins organization is doing a bang-up job of replicating the San Yankee Sixers and collecting assets while having a in-step front office and coaching staff to execute their tank and give them ch- some, themselves as much advantage as at future uh, superstars while retaining extremely good cap flexibility for 2020 and beyond. Um, that's not a bad take, and I generally agree. They have five first and second round picks. Oh, yeah, so let me read in, this off real quick. In the quick. next two years? The Miami Dolphins, since the start of this year, so this kind of includes like, I don't think this includes like the latest, latest. Um, trades but the Dolphins so far incoming they have two first round picks in 2020 a second round pick in 2020 a fourth round pick in 2020 and a few more late rounders and a first round pick in 2021 so they basically have three first rounders and second rounder the other teams with zero or one losses who I don't know if if you're not tanking and you're zero and one right now through week eight you have much bigger problems than a GM and coach being in alignment all they got was a 2020 second rounder, a 2020 third rounder, and a 2026 rounder. Mm-hmm. So they're so they're more set up than all the worst teams in the league. Um, but my one, uh, I it's think, like winning the Special Olympics. Well, we're not going to touch that. <laughs> the one thing I will say is, and I will point out that the roster of an NFL team and the roster of an NBA team, there's a huge difference. The amount of players on the field, yeah, is it's a wildly different. Yeah, like well, it's going to be difficult because you have like over four times as many regular starters. So if you better hope you hit on all of those draft picks because I can guarantee no free agents want to go to Miami because of the like the, the way the season went down for them. Their front office looks like shit. There, there was like a mutiny down in Miami. Like the reason that the top teams in the league are so good, i.e. the Rams and the Patriots, they constantly pull key free agents, and no one's going down there. No, they definitely did that, but could we be looking at ourselves similar? Damn, she's a fat-ass butt. What the fuck? Yeah, that is not healthy. That's not good. <laughs> um, could we be looking at the uh, Miami Dolphins in a similar way as, say, someone like, who's like a random like Fox News white guy sports uh, shitty... I have no idea what where you're. Bamani Jones, Bama, someone like Bamani Jones looking at the Sixers and being like, "Well, he's not. Oh, white. no, fair. No, like good players are going to want to go there, and they wasted like years of their fans' like time and yeah. let's, money." Let's let's talk about the last tanking project that happened in the NFL and was kind of uh, come to fruition now. I guess <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, who finished a strong seven and nine last season, and everyone was saying, "Well, you know, they got the pieces; they're done tanking." So I move on. And this year has been a disaster. Were they seven, eight, and one? Uh, yeah. Well, sure. they had seven wins for sure. Yeah. But um. Yeah. No, so, that's a good counter, like factual. So to that. yeah, and my my main point is like, yeah, J- John's right. Like you have fifty three players on a football team versus twelve players on an NBA team. So it's. Um, no, they literally have like twelve people. 
maybe 12 people signed to a contract next year. They literally want right, to like a Right, but you still have to make oh, sure yeah. like, you have a good 70, uh, 53-man roster versus a 12-man roster in basketball. That's my main point. So that it takes less <coughs> of the focus off of the players and more on the organization um, on its own. So like, if you have a dysfunctional organization, that kind of goes way further in football than basketball, I feel like. Um, I feel like the uh, a chief's employee came to the parking lot and shot himself in front of the GM, and everything was fine. And then they drafted Patrick. Mahomes. Everything was not fine. That, that I'm was sorry. How was how is that with your cherry Way crazier shit happens. Way crazier shit happens in football than basketball. Oh, we're right. not even getting into this right now. Well, that that's a completely different okay, tenure. Okay, that's a completely yeah. different coach, GM, like top to bottom, different franchise. But um, their owner, I guess, is generally decent, but. I would not trust trust like any team that John Ross, the uh, owner of the Miami Dolphins, puts together because he's a cheap asshole, um, and he is like a anti Kaepernick kneeling asshole. <laughs> so I don't think like anyone's gonna want to play for him because of that, if anything. And he's just gonna end up fucking the team over because he's cheap anyway. There are so. too many landmines between the 0 and 8 Miami Dolphins oh, and shit. the playoff bound Miami oh, Dolphins. Oh shit! There's a giant fight in There's the Sixers a brawl game. in the Sixers game. Oh right? my god! Anthony, yo, Ben Simmons is going after Anthony Towns. Choke him! He's choking him! Oh my god! He's choking him. Oh my god! Yo, Holy Ben Simmons is choking. No, I think he's holding him down. He's, right? I think he's just calming him down. Yeah. Right? Yo, you do not calm someone down by choking them. I've learned that. The Should hard we way. pause this? No. <laughs> I think we need to we need to work through it. No, I think well, I think the only other like, right, it's, it's resolved. <laughs> um, oh, what I was saying is, if the Miami Dolphins, so the first round first round quarterbacks are, are like you know impossible to figure out. Even like consensus number ones can be busts, and if they try and build a franchise around the wrong quarterback, they're shot. That could be the yeah. case. Yep. I think the Browns. You said the Browns were like you know almost a. Uh, almost a good example. They're almost a good example. Damn, this because funny. Baker Mayfield might be trash. Damn. Who started it and why? That's I have funny. no idea. That was they're playing basketball. All right, we're going to... Is that Dwight We Howard just saw Morgan? Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns have... What? And he's like smiling afterwards? And a whole ass scuffle, which was very, very... Jeff T. Exhilarating and wild. So, fuck the Dolphins. We're going to move on to the next segment after this, so we'll see you guys on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. Well, guys, let's just take deep, long breath, cool, long drag of your Marlboro menthol cigarette. No, I just want to go out and fight a Minnesotan. Take a sip, drink shot of your beverage of choice. Wow. That was fucking amazing. So as you guys heard. That was a real 90s big man fight right there. (laughs) The end on our last segment, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns got into a big-ass fucking fight while we were recording this pod. So that's why we had to cut my hot take of the week short. Sorry, Miami Dolphins. Sorry, Brian Greer. There's, sorry, Brian Flores. There's not much sorry, problems. Brian Mondonado. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was fucking crazy because it started off away from the basket play like Anthony and... Is anyone ever called him? No. Probably, uh, What's that? Turn into a basketball podcast? Carl Anthony Towns was... Just pushing Joel, and they were just pushing back and forth, and eventually Town swung for Joel, and he kind of ducked, and they fell into like the most aggressive hug I've ever seen. They were just like tight. Yeah, like, I think everyone is very it. tight. And I think Ben Simmons, being from Australia, was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" He quickly and deftly, might I add, um, 
took Carl Anthony Towns, a man who is much larger than him, put him in a soft baby mm, chokehold. Nope, nope, nope. They're both 6'9". Yep. Carl Anthony Towns has to be 7'1", right? No, nope. Did That's, the height thing come out? The height thing came out, and they're both like 6'10 or something. That's fucking amazing. Um, going back from that, it's wild that he just, like I said, calmly just took him, put him to the ground, was like, hey, man, we got to chill out. We got to relax. <laughs> we got a Fortnite game tomorrow. He's like, "My, I'm from the Outback. Just kidding. Um, and yeah, that, was, that, a, that was, was your Australian accent. That was not a good Australian. I realized when I Outback came out of my mouth, I was like, this is not going to nope. end well. And I cut it short immediately. Um, my this only, fight my, is the worst thing to happen in this podcast. My, yeah, I honestly, my only comment is I'm disappointed because uh, as professional athletes, I look up to all these men that are younger than I am. True. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to explain this. Well, literally this to my, and figuratively? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to explain this to my children. Damn. He's going to come home and be like, Daddy, why were they fighting? Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to the actual fights that matter uh, relative to the league and why you guys are listening to us talk to you every week. The Week 8 forecast. So I'll turn it over to Hope to talk about that. Sure. Week 9 forecast. Let's get it. Let's get it. The Week 9 forecast. Let's see. I guess the matchup we're looking forward to the most is second place Jimmy at 6-2 versus Ooh. fourth place Kant at 5-3. Ooh. So we're going to dive into this matchup and let me know what you guys think. Yeah, um, um, before, before we jump like really deep in, I just have one question. Sure. Um, is the New England Are the New England Patriots playing a game? Yes, they are. I'm giving this to Kant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to talk about this later because they're playing the Ravens, and that's a whole class of offense that they have simply not gone up against so far this season so i wouldn't be so sure uh you know filling in a 25 to 30 point performance from them just yet yeah i know that's like a left-wing media talking point you know a left-wing a left-wing media talking point like uh what uh, about street smart Lamar Jackson is no no not that overcome the just conservative that, that no, like like mainstream sports media like they have to have talking points this week i i was Using left wing as a joke, but like ESPN, they're like, "Can the Patriots handle this? Can the they simply, uh, of course they can. No, of course no. they can. Are you kidding me? You know how was the who has the most rushing yards against the Patriots in any game ever under Belichick? Lamar Jackson, Tim Tebow. This time they're going. This is week. not going to be a problem. Well, what's amazing about this matchup because it's the Patriots is, and it's Lamar Jackson is. Lamar could go off, and it would be amazing. But the Patriots just shut him down. It's going to be fucking amazing. Either way, it's going to be cool. I love to lead a fantasy football (laughs) matchup forecast starting off with the defense. It is the best best, best best player ever right now. It's gotten to that point, man. It's really gotten to that point. No, No, for real. Gardner Minshew versus Matt Stafford are the quarterbacks. Um, To me, this is dead even. Uh, Gardner Minshew versus Houston, which gives up a lot of points to quarterbacks, versus Matt Stafford at Oakland, which also gives up a lot of points to quarterbacks. I feel like, yeah, I... I would be just as confident saying Minshew has more points than Stafford is the other way around. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Carlos Hyde at running back, although I do think that it's going to be Jordan Howard instead of Carlos Hyde in that second running back spot versus uh, for Jimmy versus Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Carson for Kant. I think that whether it is Jordan Howard or Carlos Hyde, I would give the edge, the slight edge to Kant. Yeah, Kant. Congratulations. Golf yeah. clap, golf clap. Which is, I mean, really, yeah, running back is the strength of your team. And, I mean, it's not like it's a weakness on Jimmy's team either. But um, 
Actually, it's interesting because Chris Carson is going up against a really good run defense, apparently, in the Buccaneers. They do and have a good They're run so defense. bad at passing anyway that it'll be they fine. Might not even attempt to. But it might be the Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson thing, and it might not yeah. matter. Yeah, it'll be fine. So, yeah, I think I'm still sticking with Kant here. Uh, wide receivers, we have Jimmy's DeAndre Hopkins and Kenny Galladay versus Julian Edelman and Marvin Jones, which I think is a clear advantage to Jimmy. Are you serious right now? How is that an advantage to Jimmy? Are you kidding me, Kyle? Do you know anything about fantasy football? I mean, Hopkins and Galladay, number two and number four in fantasy pros, who I follow blindly versus Edelman, number eight, and Marvin Jones in number 20. I mean, Marvin Jones is not going to catch another four touchdowns again. No. Did you see what he did last week? I don't think he's a sustainable starter. I think he'll be decent, but uh, he's not going to be as good as Galladay. I personally feel much better, and once again, about starting... Julian Edelman, based on his last four weeks, versus DeAndre Hopkins' last four weeks. And I feel much better about having the option of starting one of DK Metcalf, Marvin Jones, David Moore, who Curtis Samuel is not going to play now, I think, most likely on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So kind of having that flexibility versus Jim 100% having to start Kenny Galladay, who had a really good week, but then had a really shitty week and had a really good week. And once again, he could have a good game against Oakland, but with something like Marvin Jones popping off, I just don't feel confident that he would definitely do that. Okay, you said DJ so, Moore and Larry Fitzgerald you were talking about? What was the other guy you were talking about? Well, I could play Fitz. Um, I definitely won't because they're playing the 49ers, but I'm saying like having the flexibility and, ex- and exploiting a yeah, matchup. But, like, there's no option that you have that's going to be better than Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Hopkins. Two number five. Yeah, so you have Con, you have like one top ten wide receiver, and you have like five wide receivers ranked between like twenty and thirty-five. Like we're gonna come back to this uh, Sunday or the, Monday night, and that's we'll fine. discuss. Well, the outcome doesn't change the fact that we're talking about like uh, possible output. I'm value. talking trend, baby. I'm talking trend. There's no trends in fantasy football. My guys are trending up week to week. God, he's trending random. That's all I'm saying. It's random, but there's also a trend if you can. Oh wait, I forgot. He's, <laughs> no, I'm saying week week to week at random. You don't know if the trend's going to start or continue. You can't like definitively yeah, say that. I guess. Yeah. And I give myself more credit because he has to start three wide receivers as his strongest players, and I get to start. I think, and we'll talk about the running back situation, or we kind of did. Wait, we, we can Could look you just at give yourself points. credit. Yeah, because I don't, you're allowed to do that on this podcast. I don't, I don't think that like having to start one person versus having flexibility is an inert weak, innate weakness in and of itself. If he it has is. players that are just straight up better than your players, it doesn't matter if you're flexible. With it is because his flex players. has put up like eight points a week the last but week. But his flex is see- – and don't just say the flex. Keenan Allen's ceiling – Playing against a great Packers defense? That have absolutely given I would not high point Packers games wide receivers in the past. Eight, and you can't eighth def- fewest this season? You can't – but they have given up – like you can't definitively say this game is where Keenan Allen is not going to go off. Okay. He, Let's be generous and say it's a wash between DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen. I will absolutely no, not no, say no, it's a wash. No. Let's be generous. I, I might walk out. No, 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 no. I will. No, no. I still didn't like once again. Yeah, starting Keenan Allen, Hopkins, Galladay. I think the Boomer Bustling could come in and play once again, which I could be right about two of those guys. But if DeAndre Hopkins has forty points, DeAndre Hopkins has forty points. So and yes, I don't have anyone on my team. Kanye took two sides in that points. statement. So. Yeah, that's not a good sign. No, I'm disagreeing with myself. That's what I'm mean? saying is you were I, I could like hear you biting the bullet and that you sighed twice, so I respect that. Well, you have the superior defense by far. I just have his defense. His defense Fuck is a quarterback. You, yeah, but um, I guess oh, we didn't talk about tight end. I just want to mention that 
uh, Darren Waller versus Mark Andrews, I think that actually might be a key difference maker because really, even though they're both like, I don't know, it says tight end number seven for Mark Andrews, but I think he might even be lower than that considering um, the Patriots tendency to kind of uh, block out the number one option on teams. Also, Mark, Mark Andrews hasn't scored, what was that, above 13.5 points in the, yeah. since week two? Yeah, so I would or give 13.9, yeah, uh, he's not as good as Jimmy says. He's literally boomer. Well, I would give I, a significant yeah, advantage to Darren Waller here, but overall, um, looking Waller at the, the entire team, it's close, but I would have to give Jimmy the win here. I think it's going to come down to what happens Obviously, the tight end vote just with like the running back clusters and who he ends up starting. But I think with that and my fucking wide receivers hitting their ceilings and Jimmy's hitting their floor in unison, which, yes, is less likely to happen. But, boy, it would be amazing if it did. I'm giving myself the win. Well, it's certainly possible. I mean, it's close. Um, I say uh, we're going to have the first tie. In league history. Yo, I had my league last Yo, I know, you showed me that. Fuck that shit. Now I'm depressed. Yeah, right. it's it's really, like, I would give Jimmy 51% chance of winning this. That's how it should go. This shouldn't be, like, Democratic 20, uh, no, whatever, 16 point percent splits amongst all six matchups. It should be, you know, the big ones get the most time and... I think that's fair. Especially when it's, like, it's close. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John Edelman versus Ant. John Edelman is 7-1. First place. Congrats. Thank you. Anthony is 4-4 four and, four, uh, and falling down the standings all the way to 8th place. So let's get into it. Um, it doesn't really appear close, <laughs> but we can, uh, we can see if there's any uh, upset potential here. Russell Wilson going against Tampa Bay's awful secondary um, versus Philip Rivers going up against Green Bay. Uh, I would give the edge to Russell Wilson anyway, but the fact that he's going up against one of the worst secondaries in the league um, is obviously ranked as QB number one for this week. Uh, he gets the obvious judge here. I don't think you guys disagree. Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb in the running back spots for John versus James White and Miles Sanders. So it actually has like a running back situation now, um, which is good for him, but it's not close to the quality that is Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. Um, two, quality players, Sean. Yeah, quality two RB players. ones. Hey, great keepers, so, along with James Conner. So I have to give the edge there to John also. Um, and hey, guess what? I'm giving the edge to wide receivers to John too, because he has Amari Cooper going up against the Giants, and Mike Evans going against the Seahawks, versus Tyler Lockett in Tampa Bay and T.Y. Hilton. Um, or versus Tampa Bay and T.Y. Hill at Pittsburgh. So this one is closer in the running back situation. And, you know, having the starting wide receiver of your opponent's starting quarterback on the oh. same team, that might be a, a sneaky good thing. But I think, I honestly think it, yeah, I think it helps me a lot because it could offset who I think is probably his best home run. His most that, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so it's closer than the wide receivers, but still, I mean, just raw strength goes to you. Um, Hunter Henry versus Green Bay going up against Chris Herndon, who I'm not even sure is going to play, and I don't think he has any other options on his bench. Nope. So No, he's Gerald Everett. Oh, no, Gerald Everett is on bye. My yeah. mistake. Yep, yep, yep. So Hunter Henry gets the edge here. Um, James Conner might not play. He's in your flex, but... Yeah, I'll put Christian Kirk in if that's the case. 
Is he is he back? Uh, yeah, he he's back. He he actually led uh, the Cardinals and targets last week, and it's official. I think he is the number one target of Kyler Murray. Okay. Um, so there's a for flex for Brian. He had, I think the algorithm has Jameson Crowder, but it could be Ronald Jones. It could be Matt Breida. Um, I think depending on the matchup, but. So Matt Breida might not play because he's on Thursday. True. I don't, yeah, Miles Sanders might not play. play. Uh, Chase Edmonds is definitely not playing on Thursday. Ant might have to start Ronald Jones. It's it, Yeah, I think he's, a, he's in a tough spot, and he has a, a... bunch of players on by. He would need a bunch of people to pop off and, and with the injuries to, to win this. So we're, we're going to say who um, he could have dropped instead of Jared Goff. Um, yeah, it's... I guess I'm surprised he kept... Chase Edmonds, even though they just got Kenyon Drake and he's out for Thursday and David Johnson might come back around the same time as him. I don't think he's going to have that much value going forward. Um, I don't know about that. I'm not I'm not convinced that Chase Edmonds is not the best running back talent in that backfield. He was explosive. I, th- I honestly think David Johnson is done. He's looked like shit the last two years between injuries. He's like 25 years old. Yeah, but this is the NFL and he's a running back. Like That's just the way it goes. Yeah. I guess you're right. Um, well, Chase Evans did look significantly worse versus New Orleans, like I predicted, because he's not playing the Giants again. But <laughs> I, I think I see your point. Um, yeah, all this is to say that I think, John, you have a clear path to another uh, fairly easy victory this week. Thank you. And unfortunately, I have to drop him. I have you drop him at four or five. Want, want. Um, next, we're going to talk about Mishi uh, and his matchup versus me. Mishi's six and two in third place. Uh, I'm four and four and in seventh place. And um, just going down the list, I think he has the advantage, or actually, like kind of the same thing as last week in my matchup with Jeff. I have the fantasy pros advantage in most of these matchups, but they are uh, fairly close, uh, close enough where he can upset me enough uh, times in a row to kind of take the win. But, is um, fantasy pros like wide receiver ten just like they're seasonal, or no? These are consensus rankings for that week. Okay, yeah, exactly. yeah. So, Deshaun Watson gets the edge over Josh Allen, um, and also Carson Wentz. If I choose to start him instead, for sure. Um, his running back core of Christian McCaffrey and Mark Ingram going up against Leonard Fournette and Tevin Coleman, I think, is pretty interesting. Um, I think that might be a even split, depending on if Leonard Fournette can get it to the end zone finally. I think that's fair. I could also see Mark Ingram having like 12 rushes for like 15 yards and three touchdowns in this game. Uh, well, he's going up against the Patriots, so you can't have like one or the other. Like the Patriots are going to take care of business versus the Ravens, and Mark Ingram is going to go off as well. So you got to make your choice. And I think you made it already. Oh no, he's going. He's going off high touchdowns, low yardage, hmm. situational. Okay, fair enough. Um, Stefan Diggs and Terry McLaurin for Mishi versus Tyreek Hill and Adam Thielen. <laughs> I think poor, the poor fact Michi. that Terry is going to be catching passes from Dwayne Haskins now, right? Is that yes. was his college quarterback? It's, well, yeah, but this is the NFL. It's not college anymore. And Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I think he's jury's still out, but he has not been good this season. And 
he's playing with the interim head coach. Don't you only have jerseys anyway? There's a trial of two options. He fucking sucks. Yo, I have uh, I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Uh, does Dwayne Haskins finish this game? Does Dwayne Haskins want to? Did they not bench him halfway through the game? That's a, that's a good question. Especially against like a tough Buffalo defense. Are they tough? They look pretty. Well, that tough was the Eagles. Eagles. The Eagles are a well-oiled machine. Does yeah. he bring his hard hat, his hard helmet? Is he, re- is he ready day? to go to work? Is the question. Yeah, I mean, I say he is. I mean, we're, we're going to put in Colt McCoy. It's, is he scrappy, yeah. gritty? I don't know. Anyway, this, I give the edge to me here, based mainly on like Terry McLaurin falling off the fantasy relevance radar. I think. Um, so we're going to move on to tight end, where Greg Olson for Mishi versus Travis Kelsey for me. Um, Greg Olson has been a pretty big disappointment considering he had a couple weeks where he looked like he was back on the tight end radar and I was congratulating Mishi for, hey, like great pickup. It's going to save your season. It just hasn't worked out that way. Um, big, honestly, big disappointment. Yeah. Honestly, seems like he's more interested in announcing games apparently than playing NFL <laughs> football. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to give the edge to the guy who is still 100% committed to playing football, which is Travis Kelsey. And um, in the flex, we have Sony Michelle, at least for the time being, going yeah. against John Brown. And you know how. how Mishi, don't be Brown a coward. Start Dallas Goddard. The safe option. Don't be a coward. Start Dallas. No, but you know how I feel about Sony Michelle. I think actually he has Dallas Goddard. In the flex. In, no. With has, Olsen as a tight end. He has Goddard over Olsen because he thinks he's a. Yeah, he's not Kelsey, yes, he edge anyway. But yeah, you know how I feel about Sony Michelle. Um, probably the least Do you like him? impressive player. All right, good. All I hate him, and I think he was the worst keeper out of any keeper yeah. at the time, and I still think that. Yeah, I mean, at least he gets volume, but he does like the least with the most that I've seen. Oh, absolutely. You'll get Captain Antonio Brown. Okay, never mind. Um, anyway, I'm going to give oh, no, myself the win here. I know Mishi's 6 and 2, and I'm only a lowly 4 and 4. But my team is getting back together. Um, people are more or less healthy now, so I'm just gonna say I'm taking this W. I have a question. Yeah, Hove, do you think you finish with a higher record than Mishi? Uh no. I looked at my schedule and I feel like I'm going seven and six, but I think I'm making that six spot. Okay. Because I I kind of got done playing the lower tier teams, and I still have to play you once. I still have to play Jimmy. That's a tough schedule. Obviously, I'm playing Mishi, which is like a hard matchup. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, moving on, John Paulino versus Jeff. Two four and four teams, one in fifth and one in sixth. Two very uh, very important game for both of these teams. Um, and I gotta say, I think this matchup came at the worst possible time for John Paulino because he has Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas. Drew Brees all on by, and the people who he is replacing them with, I gotta say, I'm not all too confident in. So, we have Sam Darnold for John Paulino versus Kirk Cousins. Um, Sam Darnold going against Miami, which I guess is the best thing he has going for for him. But even then, I don't think he's a trustable option. Um, I don't want to give out like fancy advice on here too much, but if I were John, I would look elsewhere. <laughs> Um, honestly, I'm calling this, this game, in my mind, upset alert of the week. Damn. I think John Paulino, I could definitely see these players going off in a way. And Who specifically? 
Sanu and Amendola could each easily put up mm, eight catches well, for 90 yards. Well, that's it, the thing. is because they're replacing Cooper Cup and Michael Thomas. That's that's so tough. Like, I don't Yeah, know. but you're not looking at who's on the bench. You're looking at the matchup. I can see DJ Chark and OBJ shooting the bed because I'm not so sure that DJ Chark is the real deal yet. Well, DJ and Chark OBJ was is injured trash. today also, I should mention. I think he he he's playing in the London game. Like, like Jeff has names, and that doesn't do shit right now. Kirk Cousins put up 11 points last week. Le'Veon Bell is, like, averaging, like, 12 points a game as an RB1, supposedly. Austin Eckler is, like, averaging nothing, or yeah. is, like, a 5-point and a 30-point yeah, game Yeah, so now. I think, yeah, the running backs are close. I would say it's a toss-up <clears throat> because Derrick Henry, um, Philip Lindsay going up against, I guess, vulnerable teams, uh, the Panthers and the Browns versus Le'Veon Bell. Also going up against a vulnerable team, but he is Le'Veon Bell on the Jets, not on the Steelers. So I don't really. I've been like hyping him he up. He did right make here. an Instagram video saying, "Be patient." He loves being in New York. <laughs> okay, it's a it's no. A, I'll give him credit. Like he went through all that shit last year, but he came back and was like, "Bro, I just don't like football." I had nothing against him as a person. Yeah. I just don't think he's on a good team. But um, uh, yeah. anyway, running backs are a toss up. Wide receivers where Jeff really takes takes uh, the edge though, because. It's much more likely that the Chark and Odell Beckham just like, if they hit their floors, they already have a better week than the average Muhammad Sanu and Danny Amendola week. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what to expect from Sanu. That, that's true. So here, here is my argument as to why I think things could flop. Yeah. DJ Chark and OBJ are probably of any of like the top ten ranked wide receivers the and most volatile. Most volatile. Yeah. So I could see them both having a down week. It's that's definitely fair. possible. And Muhammad Sanu. His first full, full week with New England. Uh, Josh Gordon's on IR. Philip Dorsett's not back yet. Danny Amendola has had, I think, eight for ninety in the last two each of the last two games. Yeah. Like the the Detroit Lions are moving the ball. New England is crushing it. Like I, th- I think it could, I think they could pull it off. That's fair. I'm just looking at like how many universes does this happen in versus how many universes does that happen? Yo, Khan needs to stop fist bombing. I can anyway, barely finish my statement. <laughs> every time the Sixers make a three, he's like jumping up and down. Um, George Kittle. Uh, at Arizona, which is a very enticing matchup, versus Evan Ingram going up against Dallas. Um, give the edge to Kittle here, even though Evan Ingram should have a good game himself too. Um, and then moving on, we have, for the time being, LaShawn McCoy in the flex for John Paulino going up against Alshon Jeffrey, who I think Jeff is aggressively trying to trade, from what I've heard, um, which... I mean, like I said, Damn. like LaShawn McCoy gets like 10 Insider touches a game. Insider sources on the pod dropping hope. He gets like, like 10 touches a game. He's going up against a tough defense to run on. But Alshon Jeffrey is on the Eagles. He averages like seven yards a catch. He did have a good week last week in the blown win. So he might be trending up. And based on that, I think I'm going to have to give the edge to Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and then... I guess kicker defense we can skip because I've been doing that. But yeah. this is really – so you're saying John Paulino, right? John I'm not – no, I'm, I would pick Jeff. But I'm saying like if there is a team that looks shitty, yeah. like really bad and looks like they're in a weak position and has the highest likelihood of winning, yeah. I think it is John Paulino and I think it is this week. I have a feeling that this time next week this is going to be the game of the week because it's so important for both these teams. And it doesn't really look like it might be a close game. But yeah, just, I'm seeing like on paper, I'm seeing Jeff, a yeah. bunch of people on Jeff's team in like the 12 to 15 range, and that's not going to get it done because two of uh, Paulino's guys are going to pop yeah. off. I want to do a, an analysis of like 
the rankings and at what point did they just flatten out? You know, like obviously having the first wide receiver versus the fifth wide receiver oh, is a big yeah. difference, but like does having the 15th ranked receiver go in versus the 30th ranked wide receiver, does that make any difference? You know, I feel like at some point it just becomes like a crapshoot. And I think around yeah. that range is where it happens. That gets into like volatility and what like position somebody's playing on your team. Sure. Volatility, like, like it's just, if you look at it like every week, you can kind of give a more or less definitive. Yeah, but it depends, like, if, if you're relying on, like, a player to be, like, an anchor on your team where, like, you know, I'm going to Oh, yeah, the yeah. team context matters. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hey, um, guys, do you want to know something funny about that and interesting and um, cool? You're going to mention something you heard on another podcast? No, but it involves math, and I don't know if you guys care about that enough. We're talking about a portfolio. I love math. Let's go. So you can take kind of what you're saying, like, what the average expected like points are by relative like position like one two three which obviously changes like week to week depending on the matchups um and then you can like take all the differences you mentioned like one to three one to fifteen like what that aggregate is and take variances of that and get the standard deviation and then figure out actually like where it's tight and what like you can confidently say having the higher guy is gonna net you the win at this point and then you'd have like other weeks or years however you wanted to do it where you would just have like higher variances and not as much like a negative standard deviations and now you're saying like right, 55 so v 33 so next I, week i fully explore, ex- expect a report from you i will yeah i, I, I actually I, do that. i do have one comment though you guys got um, if you that. put as much thought into your team as you did that comment you might be a top three <laughs> team at this point <laughs> <laughs> Damn. yeah i've never actually done fo- like well i know i tried to do, do excel shit the first couple of years and then i failed and then you like run regressions no no like just D- like download like stats and like oh yeah I used, to, I used to run like straight regressions no, I didn't do any of that shit yeah. but now I've just been a yellow guy we can move on there right, so yeah <laughs> I think we're all given the advantage the slight advantage to Jeff here we're yeah. gonna move on to but I'm saying John's gonna win oh okay oh Con- Con's going with John yes yeah. so, nice okay so we're moving on to Ilya versus Brian do we have um, to I guess yeah let's do it. let's let's run Jeez, through it. Ilya 3 and 5 in 5th place or ninth place versus Brian 1 and 7 in 12th place and surprise surprise Ilya takes the advantage of just about everything except kicker and defense. Lamar Jackson, I'm saying, has a good game against the Patriots. Um, Jacoby Brissett let me down last week where I said he was going to have a better week than Tom Brady and didn't. So, good answer, Lamar Jackson. Saquon, Barkley, Royce Freeman, good running back duo as far as like RB1, RB2. Going up against what looks like Adrian Peterson, Tariq Cohen. So pretty easy advantage. That one-two combo of AP and Tariqo. Jesus Christ, man. This is bleak. Uh, Chris Godwin and Robbie Anderson still on the Jets versus Terrell Williams and Devontae (laughs) Parker. I mean, there's like one one name in here, really, and that's Chris Godwin. Brian's team is the waiver wire. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Terrible. Um, Advantage to Ilya. Sackert's disappointing. But hey, he's better than nothing, which is literally what Brian has in his... Oh, did he pick up Darren Feltz? Or are we looking at... No, Darren Feltz ultimately else. Okay, Sorry. So, yeah. That. So, he's better than nothing, which is literally what Brian has. Is Brian going to get fined for not filling in a tight end? Yeah, he better fill his positions. Come on. I know you can drop someone like this <laughs> to fill that position. Let's be real. <coughs> um... So yeah, I'm giving the win here to Ilya. I don't foresee any crazy developments happening from, you know, people such as Adrian Peterson and <coughs> Devontae Parker and so on. And we're gonna move on to three and five Shane in tenth place versus 
one and seven Fultz in 12th place. So a real matchup of the Titans here. And uh, I guess I'm surprised because even though Fultz is in 12th place, his team is projected to win this one uh, because he has Dak Prescott in a good situation um, versus Tom Brady uh, for Shane. And I think I would agree and give the edge to Dak Prescott here. Um, running backs, Shane has Marlon Mack and Melvin Gordon going up against Josh Jacobs and Jamal Williams. Um, Jamal Williams is getting enough touches to be like, I guess, a defensible RB2 for a team that's 1-7. Um, I give the slight edge to Shane here because I'm expecting a decent Melvin Gordon game. One, I'm not. He's like, the Packers. Yo, Jamal Williams is the truth. Yeah, I mean, he's proven to get his own even with uh, Aaron Jones being able to feast. So it's close, but I give the edge to Shane. Um, Shane's receivers are Judy Smith-Schuster and Preston Williams. Ouch. Going up against Allen Robinson, who is like, despite the terrible quarterbacking he has, is still like been surprisingly pretty good. And uh, Michael Gallup, who also has been pretty good when healthy. So I would give the edge to Steve Holtz here. Uh, tight ends, we have TJ Hawkinson, who I still don't know if he's been good or not. He's been I, injured. He was injured a while ago, but he's been back the last couple weeks, right? Well, then he hasn't been very good because I haven't heard his name. Yeah, exactly. I think he this tight end number eight thing is being pretty generous, but he's going up against Darren Fels, who I don't know. I mean, he he's had a couple of good weeks here and there, but I think he's just point chasing at the tight end spot. But yeah, he's, his, a bo- he's a boomer bust tight end. In his defense, like that's all you can do by the time like the ninth best tight end rolls around. So. I guess Ed Shane, just because Hawkinson is a more uh, proven quality in his position. Um, at the flex, we have Mark Walton, who may be the Dolphins' new starting running back, if I'm not mistaken. He is, yeah. Going up against Cortland Sutton, who's going to be catching passes from not Joe Flacco, who's sleeping with the fishes. Um, I don't know. I want to see what Cortland Sutton does with whoever not Joe Flacco is on the Denver Broncos. Um but then again, I want to see what Mark Wallen does with the starter's role. <laughs> I don't really know who to give this to, so I'm going to say it's a wash. Um, so I think enough checks have gone Fultz's way for me to give this win to him, unless you guys disagree. No, not at all. Okay. I, sure. <laughs> and there you have it. That is our forecast. We really ended on, like, the worst two matchups. You got to, like, mix this up. Put, like, some the second matchup at the end or well, something. Well, our league... Yeah, exactly. We'll like talk the moment about you we'll talk in the production for... meeting, yeah. Um, anyways. Oh my god. Benson was just posterized. Thank you guys for joining us as the Sixers continue to obliterate the Minnesota Timbercats. Um, John, I know this is your second appearance on the podcast. So I just wanted to say that... Oh my wow, god. He fucking <laughs> Oh, get the fuck out of here. Oh, he was just sitting morning. there. And he Imagine got not getting dunked Oh, on. and the ball hit him in the face. <laughs> uh, th- I would say thank you for joining us. Um, I'm sure you're okay with not doing another Jigsaw on another interview. Oh, I didn't I get think. interviewed this time? I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, I think we got enough good, hot, and lukewarm, oh, yeah. cold, altogether takes out of you. Um, as Can I just say like a few mean things about everybody in the league? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you All can. Right, um... No one's I mean, listening at this point. Anyway. Oh, of course not. I mean, it's mostly that, like, Mishi's team is trash. Uh, Jimmy's on steroids. Uh, 
What else? Jimmy we got? himself. Oh, Ilya. I already talked trash on Ilya enough. There's really not much to say. There aren't enough good teams. There really are. Oh my god. Oh, I forgot about fucking Jeff. I, Jeff, I love you, but everything that you've done this season has been some of the most foolish shit I have ever seen. Like, every, it's almost like uh, you're a child that bought an ice cream cone, and he took two steps, you dropped it, you bought another one, and immediately dropped that one. Like, you are <laughs> fucking up so hard. You've gotten zero value from your trades. Mahomes was a gold mine, and you traded him to the dark Sith Lord, Jimmy Del Bracco. <laughs> and I'm done. Senator Palpatine ass. Um, no, that's pretty mean. Um... All right, keep moving on. All right, we got to talk about the Sixers game, so end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not to mention the fact that we do have to end on a somber note. Um, I promised I would continue doing this, but then oh I stopped. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll give the good news first. Next week, look ahead at least to that statistical, like, standard deviation breakdown of what happens with these projections and the actual results. And also, I feel like one of you guys, or us guys, was going to have something else for these guys next week. But that might be a whole entire lot. I don't think I'm going to be here next week. Come on, end of this. This fight has such good like. I want to say rest in content. peace as usual to Hugh Dane, who was Hank in the office, and then on a an additional somber note to John Witherspoon, who passed away today. Rest in peace. Thank you guys for joining us. Rest Thank you, peace. John. Rest Thank in you, power. Hank. See you guys. Wow! How about him beat the double, helping Simmons with Towns. Here's Horford.